Yeah, thanks for asking me. Um, it's, say, it's weird times, isn't it, at the moment? It's that, say, um, no one's ever thought this would happen or used to it. It's, um, but th- things oh. like this have a bit pass a bit of time, don't they? These, you know, yeah. um, technology and stuff. So, yeah, it's, um, thanks for asking me. Yeah, no worries. I was, uh, I was going through YouTube yesterday, prepping, ready to, to get some questions to ask for you. And I came across the Mickey and the Mickey and the Woody show. Yeah, it's something we've just um, we've just talked about things, you know, like some over this end, a little bit different. Yeah, um, potentially just trying to get people from obviously the sport and hopefully some other sports as well. Just yeah. thought similar, obviously some kind of a podcast make where they could flow into a show or something. So we just thought we'd give it a go, me and Woody, because we've been close friends for a long time. We've we had the gym together and stuff, and yeah. you know, close friend, family friends. So. Yeah. How did you how did you come to the decision whose name went first? Do you know what? I'm really surprised he's put my name first, Woody, to be honest. <laughs> I weren't expecting Mickey and Woody. We've got a we've got a fella who um who helps us out, Dave. He's a big Warrington fan, Dave Ditchfield. He's been brilliant, sorted all out. And he, he kind of put like Mickey and Woody. I think Woody must have like just got just got along with that. Well yeah. um, he'll tell you he'll probably won't be happy about it, but it's tough now. It's 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 up it's out there. That's it, stuck on it, you can't change it now. No, no. <laughs> so, um, we're going to hopefully try and work through a bit of your, your career and touch on some points and some memories and uh, try and make it like a bit of a bit of a comprehensive story of your, of your career. So, yeah. first of all, let's take us back to the beginning. Um, you're a local lad, local Lee lad. Was it always going to be rugby? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, um... I started playing rugby. I think my dad took me down when I was about six or seven, and I always, yeah. always remember my dad saying that. I think from the first minute I took you, I could see that you loved it. You know, you were straight in there with the ball, and then and then ever since growing up, I, I can't remember. I've always had a rugby ball in my hand, whether it was yeah. just throwing it around, kicking it everywhere I went. So, yeah, I think rugby was always uh, on the card to me. In, in, whether it be professional or amateur, I probably played rugby anyway, no matter what. Yeah. Do you ever think back and think what you would have been doing if you hadn't started playing rugby professional? Um, yeah, obviously, leave, on leaving school, I, I didn't. I never envisaged being a you know professional rugby player. You know, I still like playing and stuff, but um, I actually went to be an apprentice plumber. Right. But again, I did two years at that, and to be honest, with you, all, all I wanted to do was finish plumbing and go get home and go training. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, and to be honest with you, the, the company, the company um, I work for, Paul Rowley. All right. Used to work for that as apprentice plumber, and a Simon Baldwin as well. There were two ex league players who were apprentice plumbers. And remember one of my interviews going for it, and he said, the bloke said, "You don't play rugby, do you?" From Lee. And I went, uh, "No, not really, pal. No." And like he went, "Oh, because I've had too many of these guys. They're always having time off for rugby." And anyway, I, <laughs> I did play rugby, and I got picked for um, I think it was Great Britain under 18s at the time, and I had to have a week off work. I know, but, but the bloke I was working with, he didn't tell him. He said, where's Mickey? He said, oh, he's down at bottom at site, just doing some just doing some gutters down there. Like, yeah. I had, to be fair, the bloke, he, he blagged it for a week, said I was like round the corner out the way. So, <laughs> but, but obviously he soon twigged that when I played for, when I got a break at first team at Lee, they went, he pulled me in, he said, you're lying, little get. You do play rugby, don't you? Like, <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're all right with it, like, but yeah. yeah. So what's it like as a, as a local lad? signing for the hometown team and playing professional and getting paid to play a sport that you love and playing for your town's team? Yeah, um, obviously being a, a Lee lad, I, I went watching I went watching home and away for, you know, for a good few years for Lee. 
you know, me, my mates, and all my dad, whoever, yeah. my mates, parents, we, we used to jump in the car and we used to go all over watching Lee. You know, I love, I love watching Lee and I always thought one day I'd, lo- I'd love to, you know, get the chance to play. And then it was probably about 14, 15. That's probably like when I was playing, that like when kind of scouts come and looking, you know, looking to sign players. Yeah. Our, best, our better players, probably our bigger players back in the day. If you're a bigger fella, you always kind of got signed up early because you're that bit bigger and more, obviously more physically developed. So, um, yeah. yeah, my mates were signing for Warrington and Wigan and a bit like, well, you know, nobody's like, nobody's, what, nobody's like really watching me. My, uh, my dad again, he always just said, listen, don't worry about it. Just enjoy your rugby. You know, you, yeah. know, you, know, you know what you can do. Just keep having a, Keep you know enjoying it and stuff, and a smile on your face. And was you always like, always a hooker back in them days as well? Um, yeah, yeah. I think like any kid, when you first go down to any club, they, they chuck you out wing. <laughs> like, they don't they don't know much about you. And um, I said my dad will t- again. My dad will tell the tale more than me. I think I remember playing a might have been a, a summer tournament somewhere, and I was on the wing, and some guys were at me, and I just kept cleaning them out, legs tattling, boom. And I think the coach said, "No, I don't think wings for you anymore, Mickey." <laughs> I've put you in the middle, so yeah, it kind of went from there, and yeah, kind of played hooker ever since, really. Yeah. So, yeah, um, early age, playing nine, but again, like I said, probably under 15s, 16s, Lee approached me, said, listen, you know, we've not loads of money, but we know we'd be interested in coming playing for Lee, mm. you know, sign for the academy, and you say you go from there, so I thought, you know what, what a brilliant opportunity, you know, exactly I can yeah. still do my work. Yeah, yeah. Still do my work, my apprenticeship and stuff. I'm just if I'm just on leaving school and get a chance to, you know, hopefully play for Lee one day. So yeah, signed on Barnes, played played a year in the academy, had a brilliant year because a lot obviously with being like academy at the times, especially with Lee, we not a lot of money. It was all local lads, so we we're a lot of close friends as well though. I played oh, with right. so a lot of making a step up from amateur, you know, to the academy with yeah. all your mates. It was fantastic, you know, playing at like we play Sheffield and Halifax, and you know some good teams. So yeah, we're good. Had a year there, and then kind of played a few games. What, what back then was the A team. That's probably like when you had your first team players. Oh right, okay. And a few others like probably, and it was any age then. You know, it could be like thirty odd, twenty odd. It yeah. worked a certain age group, and that probably stand me in good stead. Really playing against like fully grown men, and you know lads who'd been there and done it before, who were coming to set towards the end of the careers or injuries. Yeah. So I got a few games on there, and then um, Ian Millward just gave me the opportunity to to play for the first team in a, a cup game, I think it was, and kind of never looked back since. Fantastic. We'll, uh, we'll touch on Ian Mill with a little bit later on, because you've played for a few clubs where he's been the, the coach, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, he come over to Lee and give me the first opportunity at Lee, and then he took me to St. Helens with him. Right. And he, then when he went over to Wigan, he, you know, he took me to Wigan. So, yeah, I've got a lot, lot to thank for Ian, you know, for giving me opportunities in rugby. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute in, uh, later on, sorry, because I want to talk about like the coaching role and how, yeah. how the coach motivates the team and stuff like that. But uh, fast forward into present day, what's happening over at Lee at the moment in the present state that we find ourselves in with all the, the epidemic and furlough and all that kind of stuff? Uh, are players being monitored fitness-wise or what's happening with the state of the league? Well, we're, we're, we're trying to do the best we can. Obviously, we've been furloughed, so I'm kind of just expecting and hoping the lads are you know, that are going to look at, they're trying to look after themselves. And to be fair, they put a few videos on keeping fit. Yeah. So kind of, you know, they, they do, they're not, obviously, they're not technically, they're not, they're not um, working under me at the moment. Before, you yeah. know, they ask me for advice and stuff, which, I'm, you know, I'm happy to do that. So I kind of, I write, I've just given some running sessions to do or some weights they can, 
they can crack have on with. Watching, have you not watching your try fitness sessions on Facebook Live or out? Well, no, they don't, they don't seem to be, no, no, which is a bit disappointing, really. Might be too hard for them. Yeah, no, to be fair, what I've seen of them, they've been, they've been keeping really, really fit and doing the best they can, which will take my hats off to them, really, because it's. So I find it, I've, always, I've always liked keeping fit and I'm finding it hard at home to motivate myself. You know, like getting in the garden or in the house and do a session. It's yeah. <clears throat> it's sometimes I think, right, I'll get up tomorrow, I'll do it. And then you get up and it's like, you put jelly on, you'll have a brew and it's like, so you know, it's like 11, 12 o'clock in your life. So, yeah, it's hard to get motivated, eh? Yeah, it is, it is. That's, that's probably another reason I've done them classes as well for my gym, trying to help people, a bit of routine, to, you know, like, like they normally yeah. do when they come to the gym at six o'clock. So I put them on so they just... So hopefully just a little bit of something familiar or routine yeah. they can get into. Something we've touched on loads in the, the other, excuse me, the other podcast that I've done is this routine and structure, sticking to, like you said, getting up at the same time every day. Don't just sit in bed doing nothing. Like, take charge of the day rather than letting it take charge of you. Yeah, 100%. I, um, I watched a little piece on somebody the other day. I think he was like um, ex-Marine Corporal or dead eye up. And he, he just said, like, something as little. Just, do a, just start off the morning with a little task whether it's just making your bed and tidying yeah. up around you, you've got that first task underway and you'll probably find yourself then that you end up going doing more. And It's something I try to do that every morning, whether it's just come down and sweep and mop. You know, I know people do it anyway, but you, you, you know, like... If, yeah, if you it's just a structure and a routine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try, try to do that. So just something, I said something as little as that, whether it's yeah. where to just water, water the plants in the garden and stuff, just it gives you the first thing to get going. So yeah, I try to do that, but it's... So sometimes when you difficult, I know we all have we all have our bad days and off days, but if we can more often than not stick to our little routines and habits and like you said, do those little tasks that help us win the day or win the morning, then we, we can draw yeah. we can draw something from that, can't we? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um we touched on there Ian Millwood took you to St. Helens. Um I'm a St. Helens lad. I think at that point that was when I was I was following rugby league. I don't really follow it that much anymore, but um the team with like Paul Newlove, that was yours. I was a fan of Paul Newlove. Um, what was it like going to, to Super League, going from Leeds to Super League? Yeah, it was. Um, I, I still honestly, I still remember my first day that I walked into the Centellian gym, the old, at old, old Nosey Road. This, our gym used to be under the, the stand that were the, like the players and directors, you know, wives yeah. and families used to, we used to have a, the gym underneath there. That was that the seated stand, the seated yeah, stand, yeah, the seated yeah. stand, yeah, yeah, in, underneath was. They had some change. You had the change rooms there later on. Yeah, at the, the gym there as well. And um, I remember walking in. I've just obviously I've just done a full season at Lee. I was still I was still only about eleven and a half stone at the time. Not even twelve stone. I don't think. Wow. I remember walking in. It was like, like you said, there was Paul Newlove, it was Kevin Irill, Sonny Nickel, Scully, you know, Kieran, uh, Chris Joint was Chris Joint there then as well. Chris Joint was captain still. Yeah, they were big. Big like athletes, you know, they've yeah. full time training for years. I walked in, I was like, Wow, what? <laughs> like, they've got weights piled on the bar, squatting and benching. I'm like, I thought, I don't, but I just, you know, I just saw it as an exciting challenge. And to be fair, I remember when I first, before I signed for Lee, I remember Ian Millward, he left Lee to go to Centre and I was still playing for Lee. Right. He said to me at the time, I said, I'd, I'd, I'd love to take you with me, mate, but at the moment, I don't think you you know, you won't, you, won't, you won't play any games. So, you know, just keep developing at Lee and we'll see what happens. So, kind of didn't think of it. And then obviously at the time, he, he come in and he come in and sign me. And yeah, fitted in straight away, really. And probably, probably 
they still had some old school players back there. Then you had like your Anthony Sullivan's, Tommy Martin, yeah. and all that. They kind of like probably not sure you get away with these days, but you kind of had to earn your stripes. Right. Like, it, just, it just shows how times have changed now. Like I walked in and I didn't just throw my bag down in the corner and pick a seat. It was like I walked in, put me in where all the senior players were. I thought, right, best not go in that changing room. So I went to the one where more like the younger lads were situated in the other, yeah. you know, like dressing room for training. Just little things <laughs> like that. And it was probably until like my first game I played. We played um, played Whitehaven away in the Challenge Cup. And um, I, think I, I think I might even got man in match. And it was all like you'd been accepted. <laughs> it was like yeah. the older ones were like, all right, Mickey, well done, pal. It was all like you're in part of the team. It was like, it, it was you just different. Stripes, there. But yeah, but yeah, you kind of earn your stripes. And luckily I did it pretty sooner rather than later. And, you know, I had... I had five fantastic years there, really. Brilliant teams, you know. I was watching um, the 2002 um, grand final, final when uh, Sean Long got the drop goal in the last last like seconds. Wasn't it? Was that the was yeah. that your first your first um, like piece of silverware there? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was my first uh, major major final like because obviously I've been with the club since the 2001 season and I didn't play. I'd only just signed and they played Brisbane in the World Club Challenge in 2001. I was 18th man, to be honest, so I didn't, I didn't expect to play in that game. But, um, yeah. again, it was all part of the learning experience for me. And then, so I broke through. And then, you know, 2002, I ended up playing regular. And we got to the grand final, yeah. And it was a um, special night. And to be honest with you, it, it's like a blur. It goes that quick, the grand final. <laughs> it, it's, frightening. it's frightening how quick it went, yeah. And yeah. Um, i say it was, it was touching up that game. You know, Bradford with a right up there as well they were a quality team back then and we always had we always had, always had great battles with them and um, I said that grandfather was no different and fortunate for us Longy I think second time lucky slotty one over and that was you know, know Paul, Deacon, Paul Deacon had a couple of chances put them over for one as well I remember I chased out and put kick pressure on him and just grabbed all of them and he, and he, he just hooked it wide oh, nice. I remember that and like I always think to myself, everybody remembers, everybody remembers like Longy's drop. Well, they, don't, they don't remember me sprinting out <laughs> with Paul Deacon. Um, I'll show you that, but yeah. It's funny, it's funny you mention it because me, me and my youngest, Alex, were just flicking through the day, obviously just watching things because say, cause of the time you're at home and stuff. Yeah. And we, we, I said, come on, we're watching this one, the O2 Grand Final. And yeah, it was nice to, to look back. This, you know, this skinny little, skinny little 21 year old there running around at Old Trafford. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> how, long, how long does it take to sink in something like that a victory and does it does it sink in straight away or does it take a few days after and you think hang on we've we've done it like because it's a long slog of a season as well isn't it or it was yeah it is I think that's why I think like when some people say to me what what would you prefer Challenge Cup or the Grand Final and I'm like no don't take it don't get me wrong the Challenge Cup so much history and like charisma about rugby league you go into Wembley the Challenge Cup it's like yeah. your FA Cup isn't it but rugby it's brilliant but for me, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose the grand final just because all that hard work from starting November when you're, you're running up hills, you're wrestling with your mates and you know, you're bleeding in training and you're smashing each other and you're going home absolutely sore as a boil and, <clears throat> and then the season's always, you know, that long season. I think that, you know, that pinnacle at the end that you've got, you've yeah. got made it all the way to the grand final, for me, it's, I think it just edges it. And it's, I think when you're younger as well, you probably don't appreciate it much. I think like when I was young and, you know, just wanted like celebrating, go and have a few, go and have a drink after it. But like, I think when you get older, you kind of certainly when I won the Challenge Cups at Warrington, I kind of appreciated it more, and I think it meant yes. more to me as well. Then, yeah. How much does it take? Because, like you said, I don't know if people do appreciate it, and I certainly um, have got no 
no um, sort of reference to it. How much does it take out of your body, physically and mentally, going through that long of a season and then going through the playoffs and then get to the grand final? What does it take out of your body doing all that? Yeah, it, it does. It, get, it gets to you because, like, you know, coming that back, back end of the season, you, you're probably 50, 60% of players are carrying knocks. Yeah. You know, you, what, what I think what a lot of people don't see is, like, how much strapping's going on at that time of season, even, like, needles for, like, you know, injuries. You know, lads having needles, in, you know, for, like... Cortisol injections and all that, yeah. Yeah, because they're carrying injuries because you don't, you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss that end of the season. Yeah, you know every every game's important, but I think when you start leading up to that, when you call it the business end, where it's playoff time and it's got that feel about it, you know, that it's just starting going to back into September, October. Then you, you feel I don't know the feel just changes for me, and it's yeah, it's, it's brilliant to be part of it. But yeah, I think when it's all over, you don't realise that you need to switch off for a good few weeks, mm-hmm. get yourself an holiday, and but you'll you'll find with any rugby lads, if you have two weeks off doing nothing. They start, they start bleeding. The red start going. It's it so crazy, yeah. Yeah, the problem as much as they they want to have time off. I think two more than two weeks doing nothing. They get into like again routine and bad habits and that. So that's why you'll probably see that a lot of them have two week off and go on holiday, and then they'll start back on themselves. Yeah, you know, like training ticking on themselves, which it's, I suppose it's what your body's used to, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think there's a certain mentality that you have to have to, to play at like the, the top professional sports, even like MMA fighters and boxers, professional boxers, if they're not in a training camp, they, they, they find it hard to motivate themselves to, they need to be in the gym, otherwise they would start going into these like negative behaviour patterns and stuff like that. And I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it's similar for, for rugby players to a certain degree. Yeah, it is. And I think, you again, you don't realise it till, till, it's, till it's finished and it's gone. You know, mm-hmm. you you're being told what time to get to work, what time you're doing your weights, what time you're training, yeah. you know, what time you're back on after. And when you've had that for what, for myself, what, 20, 20 years as a professional, suddenly when that time comes and you've got to try and make your own routines and structure it, it's difficult. It, it yeah. is really difficult. I remember that time when I come working for you guys at the community for a few months. Yeah. Well, Anna, Anna was saying, listen, just get in, relax, have a drink, you know, just... Sometimes you're busy, sometimes you're not. You know, just just enjoy it. I'm like, I don't know if, if I ever showed it or nothing, but you were like, people would be like, oh, you should be enjoying that, relaxing, not too much work on that. You know, having brews, yeah. taking your time. But like, on the inside, I were like, what, what can I do here? We're like, you know, <laughs> well, we're again, it's, it's out your comfort zone, isn't it? It's completely yeah, out it your is. comfort zone. And, you know, on totally, totally opposite spectrums, you know, like, not physical work, really. You know, I go to some schools, do some coaching, which is fantastic. Yeah, coming back in that, but we could be in that room for like, you know, all afternoon. But we know work, just doing a bit of work on the computer, and it was like, it, it honestly, it was a, it was, it was a massive shock to the system. It really wasn't difficult and all. I experienced yeah. similar uh, when I left the uh, MOD police, and again, it's yeah. all like routine and structure, hierarchy. There, you've got your orders for the day. You know where you're going to be every hour of the day for your shift, and then coming back to to an environment for the community department and. Like you say, you, you organise your own timetable. And I was like, you, you can go for your dinner whenever you, whenever you want. You can have breaks whenever you want. And I, I struggled with that transition definitely as well. So I appreciate what you're saying there. It is difficult. Yeah, and even like um, when you retire playing, you know, I've gone onto the coaching side at Lee and, you know, it's, it's definitely second best to being a player. But again, it's like, you don't realise how, once they're fortunate, 
fortune you as a well yeah how fortunate you as a professional sportsman you know you've got to work you've got to work damn hard to you know to stay there and get there but yeah again like when you're a coach and that you you've got to get hours before you, you go back and stay after and again just a different routine in that respect is you know is difficult and I think it's funny you mention it because I was speaking to Woody the other day and like for me personally just nothing nothing comes close for me to be as being a rugby player. Nice. And that's where you've got to try and find that drive to like get as close as you can to that, you know. Because yeah. I, I, it weren't a job to me being a rugby player. It was it was something I've done since a seven year old kid, and it was a privilege to wake up every day and get a chance to go training with, you know, and do something I love. And to get paid for it was a you know a massive bonus. So um, yeah, I think when when you've got that and it's and it's got to finish sometime, it's for me at the moment nothing. It's a, I don't know. I won't say I've not got the passion to do like what I did it with rugby, but it's just like it, it. It's not. I don't know. It's just not quite there at the moment. How, how I had for playing, and you know, yeah. I'm sure it'll come with time. You know, I've spoken to a few yeah. lads that have struggled when they finished playing, but yeah. he said, you know, time again. It's an old saying: it time is a good healer. You know, exactly. the more you, exactly. the more it goes on, you, you do get used to it. But yeah, I think yeah, if you're so, open to it. If you're open to the, the idea of it, eventually you will find that that thing that gives you that drive and that passion again. I think that the worst thing you can do is close yourself off to things and not not seize opportunities. So, for example, like the the podcast you've just started, we would uh, you don't know where that's going to go. So, if you're open to that idea and embrace it and go with it, you never know that might turn into something that gives you that that buzz again. Yeah, definitely. And I, I did enjoy it the day. You know, see, you know, two lads who had spent a lot of years playing with as well, Paul at Saints and Lee at Warrington. You know, two yeah. close friends as well. So again, that's a good thing about rugby. You do make close mates, even though you probably don't keep in contact as much as you should. But like, it's just, you know, not seen well or like properly for like, you know, in his company for a good few years, but we had yeah. a chat and it was like, you've never been aware. So it just shows what kind of, you know, people you are and mates you mate. Yeah. So yeah, I think, so, um, again, it's, sorry Dave. I was going to say, I think, because um, you've all played at that high level, you can all, you've got so much respect for each other and you can all appreciate what each individual's done to get to where they've got to and, the, the things they put their body through, the mental side of it, the experience of a team, all that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Because like I said, you know, when, you, when you're a full-time professional and I said people at work, you know, you sometimes you do spend, you probably end up spending more time with them than you do with your families at times. Yeah. So as a rugby player, you know, I know there's, there's great perks to being a rugby player. You know, like I, I got the chance to take my kids to school mornings and, eat and you know, and certainly pick them up in afternoons, which, you know, not a lot of, Say so not a lot of dads get that chance to do at times. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's great things. But then, you know, on the flip side, you, you know, your weekends are occupied with rugby and stuff. You don't always get to see your, your lads play their rugby and football on a mm -hmm. weekend if you're playing. So there's, you know, there's, there's pros and cons of it. But, yeah, you, you know, you end, up, you end up becoming like a, you know, like a band of brothers, really, to be honest. Because when you cross that white line, you're going into battle with them. As you, you know, like say, you, when you were in, the, in your force, when you were doing that, yeah. you, you've got to be close-knit and ready to work as a team else. You know, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't always happen. And I don't know, it, when you have that strong bond with everybody for so long, it, you know, you become like family as well. So it's, it's yeah. uh, again, yeah. adjusting That's from a, that. You're putting, like, you, you're putting your body, essentially, you're putting your body on the line for your teammates, aren't you? Yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. And, and uh, you know, you, you'd probably only do that for your family, wouldn't you? And close friends, you know, there's not many people who do it for, other, for anybody else. And I, know. I think when that's gone, it's like, wow, you know, you've not got that. <laughs> I, I I struggled like early on this year with the, on the conditioning. I'd set 
I'd get the lads warmed up and do some activation stuff and a bit of speed work or whatever. And then, right, Duff's would be right, right, over to me, boys, and I was stubborn. And I'm like, that's me done now for this session tonight. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, just stood there watching. I'm like, yeah. What the boys like get the ball out and do the team stuff. And they were like, wow, yeah. I'm never going to do that ever again. <laughs> I've been doing it for 20 years. And it's you've just got to get your head around it. And, I know. I know. You know and, Is that something you always envisage yourself going into the coaching side of it? Um, again, when I was younger, no. But like, I think the more I got older and I, th- I, did, I did enjoy, I've always enjoyed the training side of it. You know, I have, and um, you know, it's been interesting. I've been, I've worked, on, you know, I've had the privilege to work under some, you know, world class coaches. So I just thought, when you've had that, when you've had that experience to work under people like that, even conditioners as well, I think, you know, what stupid not to, you know, try and give something back and have a go to, you know, it yeah. might end up down the line and it might fizzle out and not end up being the right thing to do. But at the moment, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I've got, you know, the experience to give, you know, and, and, and pass on and. Yeah. Well, I speak to um, a good friend of mine, Bubble, he's the conditioner at Warrington. He just said, like, you just, it's a little bit edgy, like, you know, a bit nervous, like, taking the role on, going from player straight in at the deep end to, to court. He, like, he just said to me, he said, he said, I've trained you as a player at Warrington. He said, just go off what you believed, your, mm-hmm. your work ethic, you know, how you apply yourself, your standards. He said, you know, if you apply most of them to your, to your training, to your players, he said, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, I'm, the science behind it and, you know, the studying, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, but I'm getting, I'm getting, getting around that a little bit. Also get that boxed yeah. off. But again, you know, I've been there and done it all. And I'm, I know what works in rugby. You know, I know, I know what lads like training wise. And that's, like a, that's an important thing. And you've got the respect of the players, haven't you? When you yeah, stand there like from the coaching yeah. world, you've got that respect. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I'd like to think I have, yeah, this lad seems to respect me. You know, I'm, I'm an approachable fellow as well. I'm, you know, I'm, I have a laugh as well. So I, I try and get that balance right. We'll say, right, come on, we'll make it fun. But as long as you do the hard work for me as well, then I think we've kind of, I'd like to think we've got a decent balance. Certainly, yeah. you know, this year. And it's obviously prior to all this, you know, this this pandemic going on, we, we'd made a solid start to the year. So it were, yeah. was going all right. It's just a shame. Yeah. I was going to touch on it a bit later on, but while you've, you've kind of mentioned it, we'll, we'll, we'll get onto it now. From a, as a coach, and you being a player as well, when you coach someone, do you have to coach the team generally or do you have to coach individuals? Or is it a bit of both? It is, it's, it's a bit of both. I think you've got to know, for me, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm relatively new to it side, but obviously, you know, I've been a captain of the team for the last few years and I've played under, yeah. you know, like I said, playing the good coach and I've played with world-class players as well. And I think a good coach has got to, has got to know his players, you know, and he's got to know how to handle his players because, you know, Coaching Gareth Hock to say um, Gaz Hock and I don't on the other spectrum, so like um, somebody. Um, I don't know Michael Monahan, who was at Warrington. You know, like two different two, kinds two, of players. Two, yeah, two, yeah, two different personalities, two different kinds of players. You know, both very, very talented and like. I don't think you could treat one like you could treat, even myself to yeah. speak like I think if Tony Smith at the time Warrington had, had, had treated Gazok like he'd have treated me Gaz would have ended up probably punching his lights out or, or walking away yeah. like me, Tony knew that I could take it he could almost sometimes make an example of me and he'd tip me up and say listen Mickey I'm, there's a clip here I might just show you because I know you can take it 
yeah. we, might have, we might end up having a bit of fun off the back of it. And he knew he could do that with me. And to be fair, I think he knew that that drove me on as well when he'd kind of said, listen, Mickey, here, and he knew I'd go and work hard at it. Yeah. But sometimes, like, Gaz, he'd probably spit his dummy and tell him, piss off, do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you've, got, you've got to know, you've got to know, you've got to know to, you know, yeah, I think coach your players, but then you've got to, being a team sport as well, you know when you've got to bring it all together and yeah, we'll make everybody tick as well. And yeah, it's, um, it's how important is it to have the sort of the the bigger egos or the bigger players on the team? How important is it for them to be invested in like the the team sort of um, the team culture to bring like the younger ones up? Yeah, I'm, I'm, from I'm, them as well, surely. Yeah, I'm big on that to be honest, Dave. I think it's massive and. I know some coaches don't have it, some do, some like, you know, a lot of coaches now and teams have like um, leadership groups. All right. So you, you pick your four or five, say senior, your captain, your vice, and two or three, you know, even you might chuck a younger player in there yeah. who's got like an old head on him or, you know, excuse me. And I think that's massive because certainly in our team, I think if you can, if you can, help, if you, if you can be player-driven as well, you know, because... If you've, got your, if you've got your senior players setting the standards and driving the disciplinary or whatever, then I think, it, you know, the lads who are not willing to do that will soon get found out. So, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think having good players in, you know, good professionals and, you know, some good egos in, I think it's a, again, it's finding that mix as well. <clears throat> I think that's vital. I do. I don't know if you've been watching that Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, have you? Do you know what? I've not watched it yet, but I know Duffs and Jay and the staff have, they can't, they, can't, they can't start watching it. Like, it's, it's fantastic. And the, yeah. one of the biggest things I took from it was what we've just been on about the um, the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan didn't start winning as a team. Michael Jordan was getting all individual accolades and highest points, MVP, all these records. But the Bulls as a team weren't winning until Phil Jackson, the coach, said to Michael, you need to, you need to make everybody else rise to your level. It's not all about you, it's about the team. And once he started embracing a team ethic um, and including everybody else and passing the ball and working as a team, that's when they started winning championships. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I don't know. I think, I think I'll think i use, say, at Lee, I don't you say, I think Warrington, certainly in the St. Andrew teams, because we had that many players that, like, it's a, it's a pinch. You know, if things were happening on the field, we, mm-hmm. we could change a game as players and, and, and you know... Influence it ourselves were yeah. letting some teams were they've had to wait for the coach to come down and, and tell us to change the plan or whatever, you know. And probably like say that the, the year at Lee when, when we went up, you know, Dukesy mm-hmm. took over from roles and again Dukesy didn't change much. But I'd like to think that the players we had in our team at the time, like myself, Harrison Hanson, Renny Matua, Willie Tonga was playing then and stuff, and you know a few more Gazok. We could we could say, listen, right, let's pull it in here now. You know, and I, I certainly something that I kind of prided myself on probably later in my career that I had the confidence to start doing that a bit more. Yeah. Early in my career when you, you were young and playing with like your school Thorpes, Cunningham Longs, I kind of just li- listened to them and stuff. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's where you learn from that. And then when I got older, probably potentially more in that position like they were. Yeah. You know, I kind of, we had that influence to say, right, well, this ain't working for us here. Yeah. You know, like, let's, let's do this. And, and, and I think that's why I said that comes from having that experience, like you're learning, you're listening, you're, you're not making yourself sort of, you're more of a great man when you're starting off, aren't you? And you're learning and listening. And then once you gain that experience, that allows you to be confident enough to step up and and, and, te- and lead that, doesn't it? Yeah, and like, um, I remember it, I think I touched on it on the, 
uh, me and Woody's um, thing uh, show the other day about like under Tony Smith, you know, Tony, and even me, Ian Millwall, sorry, early, early as well, you know, he said, listen, we've got some game plans here. He said, but you rugby players, you play off instinct and stuff as well. You know, like yeah. I always, I always, for me, it was like, yeah, we've got a game plan, but if I can see some space there on the right, you've only got two defenders and I've got three attackers. Yeah. I think you'd be stupid not to take that. And that's, you know, that's been a, taking a bit of onus yourself. And, yeah, you know, of I, it is. like I remember, you know, Tony Smith used to always say like, you know, a lot of people, you have a set-up player, you know, take one in. He said, but sometimes you probably score off them set-up players if you if you have your mates pushing with you and, and, and reacting and stuff. So it's, you know, yeah. you don't you don't see a lot of teams scoring off the big big fancy player. They might do the fancy player, break them down, and then go on the next one and score and stuff. You know, it's right. like magic play up and might happen once every fifty. Yeah. But it's them it's them little selfish acts for me that get your tries. That when you push for your mate and it, it, it creates a space for you, or you you pass to him and he goes through and yeah. you know that's the that's the rugby player in you, and you know I've always been fortunate to play some coaches that have had, we've had game plans, but we've said, listen, if you see things that are wrong, you you you, t- you play it and do it, and yeah, you know I think that's what's I think that's where the better teams do play as well. You know that's like player driven, and you know obviously individual have them, have them little moments of like creativity, and I remember like like I was saying before when I when I was watching rugby, and uh, Sean Long had always just come out with these little brilliant plays of creativity, maybe not going towards the plan, he'd just chip over the top or something and then it'd come yeah. out to nothing. That's what I'm saying, yeah. You know, like, it, that's, for me, that's sometimes, that's the difference in, you know, winning winning games and, and not, you know, yeah. you. a lot of teams do practice the same moves, the same skills and the same game plans and stuff. There's only so many moves you can do, but I think that little bit of individual brilliance or who can, who can, execute that player the best it's you know yeah. them, them are the difference and certainly when you're under fatigue as well is a big one mm-hmm. well that's where I've, I've always had good coaches that we've kind of trained under fatigue try, trying to work on our ball work and skill yeah when you're fatigued you know because everybody everybody can run and run and run and you can you can do your passing but I think teams that are like execute better under pressure and under fatigue you take that into games I think that's where you can really so how have how have, um, how have teams tried to replicate that then like when you was a player, what sort of things have some of the teams done to try and get you to play fatigued and you know so you can well, yeah, try and mimic just, mimic that game? Yeah, like we'd, we'd probably, for example, we'd um, we'd, we'd say do a block of conditioning where we're like we're up off the floor, up down, up down, eight minute block, you know, going hard as you can and say right, boom, you're over to the coach, you know, you've got a push game. Right. We're like you, you, your sided game. If 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 you don't get at least one push either side of the block, block carrying the ball, you change the ball over. You know, if you do that two or three times and you've just been flogged and you've got to defend a few minutes without the ball, yeah, you get pissed off that, right, listen, I'm going to push from there to you because then we keep all this ball. So, like, just them kind of scenarios. Yeah. Like, um, I, went to, um, I went to Wigan beginning of this year just to have a look at some stuff that, that Wigan do. And, the, and what Wigan do, which I think is pretty good that I've tried to take into my coaching as well, is like, you kind of train up, say, worst case scenario. Right. So, if if a game's like, if you're playing a test match level game, you're probably looking at your metres per minute, for example, because you're running at that intensity, you're probably getting up to like 80 odd, 90, nearly 100 metres per minute. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound a lot, but in rugby terms, it's, it's massive. Right. So if you can kind of replicate your conditioning and your games to that, to that standard, then hopefully when you take into games, you, you know, you're, you're, well, you're well conditioned for it. So yeah. that's just an example for that. Yeah, so that's kind of things that we yeah. Yeah. kind of replicate. 
I remember um, talking to Mado and uh, I can't remember what pre-season training it was for, which team, but he went on like a, a Marine commando, um, like beasting. They had him in, I don't know if you were involved in that as well, but they, they, they had him in like the sea and the ocean and they were wet all day for like 24 hours and some people could handle it, like the mental side of it, not knowing when it was going to end and others couldn't. Yeah, I see, I've, I've been on one or two and again, struggle, but... Um... Really enjoyable though on the on the other side of it. <laughs> it's probably again you body probably not so much your body obviously physically you go through loads, but I think them them little camps and weekends are certainly to test you up there. And it probably as a coach it probably gives you indicators you're right, he's a leader for me, this guy. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's probably gone on his shell a bit and let other people lead. He's he's not gonna be a leader for me this year and stuff. So I think it's really it is it's a, certainly probably duffs we went this year as well. Went to one near Rivington, did a team building stuff, but some tough exercise stuff as well. And you know, he, I think just confirmed his captains from that, uh, nice. you know, our two-day camp. You know, because it, it kind of showed them, it showed people who were, you know, who, who come out and like really was leaders. And it also it showed a few people that like, wow, we surprised me in there. You know, nice. like I think it really brings some players out that like, especially newish players that you're not sure or you know, quite him, But when he comes out and it's and he's put against, you know, back against the walls. Yeah. They, they kind of show some true colours, and, it, and it's good. It's a, a good eye on us, and it's obviously it's just mm-hmm. a mental test as well to, you know, to make you stronger as well. Definitely. I was reading um, Sir Clive Woodward's biography. You know, when he uh, he won the World Cup with with England in was it two thousand and three, I think. Yeah. And um, he was saying now before like the the sort of campaign started, he took all his team out on like the Marine Commando courses and. Um, he was looking at who started to be, at what point did people start being negative and who started like creeping in with little insidious comments and stuff. And um, it was the people who we, who we thought were like the leaders in the team were the first people to start becoming negative. And that, that like switched his whole um, starting lineup around off that, yeah. off that basis. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's mad how kind of you, sometimes you think like, you know, your, your lads have been there, done it or whatever, or you think that have been your, you know, your main go-to men and things like that kind of show some well, maybe not. It's, yeah, it can have both effects, you know, it brings out your, like say, natural leaders, but then it brings out your lads who are like, well, yeah. maybe you've not quite got it to, you know, to cut it where we want to go, you know, moving forward. So, yeah, it's, um, I think they're a brilliant indicator. Yeah. So what, um, I know you might not be, might not be very comfortable talking yourself up and bigging yourself up, but um, what qualities as a leader, because like you said, you, you captain Lee for the last, is it three years you captain Lee? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, what, three, four years. What sort of qualities do you think you bring out as a leader? Because yeah, again, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I'm. I say you, you know me, Dave. I'm, I'm not the. I'm quite humble to be honest. I don't yeah. kind of see myself as like one of them. But you know, I think I, the big I, one for me, I think the big one for me, um, like I do know I have worked with you um, at, at the, in the community department, but I don't know you that well. And I would say that for me. Um, it's leading by example you know what I mean I think a big one for me would be that you wouldn't expect anybody else to do something that you're not willing to do and you're the you're the consummate professional you know what I mean you, you yeah and you need to and you expect people to to take your yeah 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 no cheers Dave and I think it's I think that's one thing I kind of realise that again when I get that little bit older I always you know I always trained as hard as I could you know I always tried to you know be the best I can and I think again I think that kind of was one of my qualities, like certainly coming to Lee in the back end at Warrington, that 
you know, I think players kind of looked looked to him as an example. Like, you know, um, you know, if we can emulate what Mickey does in his training, how he applies himself, and even away yeah. from it as well. You know, I never, you know, I, I like a drink like the, like everybody else and little things like, that, but do it the right times and you know when Definitely to say that. right, what's enough and stuff. So yeah, probably, like you said, probably me, me standards, my standards are probably what a lot. I'd like to think that got me where I am. That's a, a good word. Kind yeah, of, that's, that's a good word to describe it. Yeah, yeah I think a lot, of, a lot of people kind of respected me for my standards and me, you know, how, how I apply myself. So yeah, probably that was one of my, my biggest strengths, and probably you know, uh, I'd like to think my actions as well. You know, look, I've always, I've always tried to give hundred percent. Yeah, I've, I've I've had I've had shocking games. I've had I've had brilliant games. I've had average games, and but it, it was never through lack of effort. And I think yeah. that's what kind of people appreciate that you know what at least he's given he's given his you know he's not he's not shunting his work he's giving 100 so yeah i think there's some of the qualities and because i'll be honest with you i struggled to speak for a lot of years you know very nervous speaking in front of teams you know like right. if we're doing game if we're doing game planning because tony smith was big on your input you know i want players input like this game plan that I, I feel like he had something great to say and i can sometimes i didn't always say it and then somebody else is saying, I was like, God, I wish I'd have said that. At first, you know, yeah. I'm like, and it took me a while to get there. And I remember speaking with Tony. He said, listen, don't worry about other people. You know what lads are like? They're always going to take the mickey, but you, you say what you feel you need to say. And they'll, right. in, you know, in later on the track, they'll, they'll appreciate it. You know, that lads take the mickey, you know what they're like when, yeah. you know, you, and things like that. But yeah, so that was something that kind of got better as I got older as well. You know, leadership as in speaking and being more vocal. And yeah. again, probably... Didn't give myself enough confidence to like, you know, probably when I did speak, probably people did listen because of what I've done and stuff. And yeah. again, how I apply myself and that. So, yeah, that was something I wish I'd done a little bit earlier. But, you know, I managed leadership's to get an interesting subject, isn't it? Because not, I don't think, not everyone is, is born to be a leader, but some people maybe should be leaders who aren't necessarily like cut out for it. And I, mean, yeah. I think it's something that can, again, touching on like the role of a coach is to try and bring this out to people. Who maybe not might not see themselves as natural leaders. It can be nurtured, can't it, and, and brought out. And yeah, I think it's important for people to 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 lead it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like you say, you, you can see you can see your natural leaders in sports teams. You know, you know, you know who's your natural leaders, and you know who's like kind of probably got potential, but you know need to like you said just work with it a little bit more. And yeah. I think good teams, good teams that I've been in and successful teams. All right, you'll have a captain on the field, but but. You'll, have, you'll probably have six or seven captains on that field around yeah. the park. You know, it's one one guy gets the the privilege of having the C next to his name doing the coin toss. But especially being rugby players now, like with the interchange as well, your captain more often than not might be off the field for right. 20, 30 minutes in a game and having a spell. So, you know, you need captains on when they're not. Like, say, I have the privilege, you know, I call him a, he's a, he's a very close friend as well, Adrian Molly now. <coughs> Moz, Around training in games, he never spoke a lot. All right. But when he did spoke, when he did speak, you all listened, and he was probably one more his actions that led you. You knew, like, if you were running out next to him, you knew you were, you knew you were going to war with a yeah. Somebody, uh, he's sitting there next to you, and now he's, you know, like Benny Westwood. You know, Benny's. I know you can't shut him up nowadays, but again, Benny was <laughs> never a, a real talker. You know, he never, he never talked out loud, and you know, like fluent and stuff, but. When your back's against the wall, then people like that, they, they'd say, just give me the ball here. And they'd, they'd inspire you. And just yeah. by doing an action, we're like, they'd pick somebody out and just go, boom, get you on a quick play of the ball. And the game can change just like that momentum. And it's little <laughs> things like that that kind of 
that's inspiring in other ways. And Sean Lachlan, yeah, Sean Lachlan was very same as well. Yeah. I remember watching a little article on Sean the other week and he, he thought, he, personally himself, he got thrown in the captaincy at Wigan too early, he said. But he said also that made me into probably the captain I am today. They had right. to learn fast. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's different like areas that. and different ways. Yeah. And, you know, Sean's, a, again, Sean's become to a, probably a natural leader, probably more so his actions as well, his influence. Yeah. And So, yeah, you've got your... You've got your captains who chirp up and, you know, like your typical half-backs and scrum halves and standoffs who, you know, you're chirping away. But then you've got your <laughs> bigger blokes, your forwards who are captains who are more actions, probably, you know, like leading yeah. with their actions. So it's, yeah. if you've got that nice blend of a few of each, generally, you'll, you know, you'll do well. Yeah, it builds a good team dynamic. So you, from St. Helens, you went to, you went to Wigan after St. Helens. Did you get much stick for being a, a lead lad going over to Wigan? Yeah, yeah, I did to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that existed. Me started working in Lee a number of years ago, and I didn't realise the the divide between Lathers and Wiganers. Oh, I know it's um, it's mad, isn't it? It yeah. is. It's um, it's a quite a bit, quite a big rivalry to be honest. And obviously, Saints Wigan's a big rivalry as well. So yeah, nothing. But at least, uh, at least there are two separate places. Lee is yeah. in, oh. in Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nothing runs smoothly with me for some reason. But yeah. <laughs> Again, I left Saints, but we're getting to a point where Kieran Cunningham was still playing well. Young James Roby was coming up. You know, he, he, were, he were on the cusp of like first team all the time. I think yeah. still had, I had Scott Moller at the time. And I was getting to an age where, you know, 27, 28 nearly. I needed to kind of be, be, be my own, you know, my own man and, you know, and a new challenge. And yeah, Emil Ward went to Wigan and, you know, again, it was still, the team was local. You know, it was, it was, a, good, it was a good deal. You know everything worked, but Saints they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Um, they just won't sell me to Wigan. Yeah. <laughs> they won't let me go to Wigan. Said, um, um, and the, you know, I'm a Manchester chairman. He said, listen, you can go anywhere else, but you're not going there. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, well, I've, I've agreed to go, mate. You know, all the terms have been agreed. It's. Um, he said, no, you're not going. So, fortunate for me at the time, I think Terry was making plans to maybe move on to Bradford. So, kind of. They must have spoke to each other and they did kind of a swap deal. I signed for Bradford and swapped over to Wigan. Tez did the same. It was yeah. bizarre, really. But um, luckily, I was on Camby Great Britain in Spain when it all happened. So I weren't, I didn't really. I it weren't in the background. Yeah, 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 it kind of was in the background away. So yeah, it kind of um, managed to get the deal done and moved on to Wigan. Yeah, three good years of Wigan. Because to be honest with you, at the start of Wigan, Dave, we lost our first five or six games and we were like, I think we got some points deducted for salary cap breaches or summer as well, and we were like, it was a scary time. Yeah, you know, like rugby's all you've kind of known. It was like potential club might get relegated. You get you know a job. You know, like we didn't know what was going on. And to be fair, we turned it round and we ended up having a good season. And I think we missed the playoffs by like one point or something. But yeah, we, we, we built on that and yeah, ended up having three good years at Wigan. And then from Wigan, I mean, you spoke about Warrington. Quite often in 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 our conversations so far, is maybe Warrington like? Do you have the more more, more fondest memories of being at Warrington? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I said I love. Don't get me wrong, I played for three for me three of the you know the biggest clubs in England, and it's yeah. everyone's different in their own way. And again, I enjoyed every minute of everyone because I was doing something I loved. Do you know what I mean? It were never we weren't getting up going to work today. It were like getting up and you know what what challenges bring today. It, it, it yeah. was brilliant, but. You know, probably in my younger days at Saints, when I was, I was at my fastest and my quickest, and you know, <laughs> I loved my time at Saints. And Wigan probably made me, probably not, probably not quite 
it did quite happen right for us at Wigan at the time. It was a big, massive transition period at Wigan at the time when I was there. And right. fortunately, they, they didn't retain my services after that. And, you know, I'll not go too much into that because it, you know, a little bit disappointing how that ended, probably. You know, okay, mate. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can mention it. I'm not bothered to be honest with you. It was like, you get told by one person, it was basically like this. It was the it was a chairman and the coach at the time saying like one of them is keen to move you on. And then the other one said the other one's keen to move you on. It was like oh, you, right. just, you, just, you just want a bit of honesty, don't you? In, in yeah, yeah, no one was really taking like responsibility of it, passing it. No, on to no, else. it was yeah. disappointing because to most of the well, I, I didn't think I didn't think the hooking area at the time was an area that needed improving at Wigan. <laughs> Thought I had myself right. there, you know, kind of maturing into a maturing at the time. He had young Mickey McClure underneath us. You know, Mickey was becoming to a good player. Yeah. We had at least two good hookers and a young lad as well. I think at the time I can't remember him. I just probably thought there's other areas that could have been strengthened, but you know, that yeah. was by the by and an opportunity come at Warrington. So yeah. Yeah. It was um again, you know, one door closes, other other door opens at times and it fortunately for me, you know, I got the move to Warrington. Yeah. And Warrington was uh, if I'm right in saying it, did you have you played most of your games at Warrington? Out of your five hundred appearances, was the majority of them at Warrington? That's where you spent yeah, most of your time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I played, it might have been 170-odd nearly. Yeah. Maybe higher than that, I don't know, yeah. So I played most, spent, you know, my largest part of my career, I think, at Warrington. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, we got some success there, Challenge Cups. Yeah. You, know, we got some you, men- you mentioned final. before about um, the Super League Grand Final being, in your opinion, it was, it was, um, what's the word, not better, but you, you, you valued that higher than the Challenge Cup, but for every young Young lads dream wanting to play rugby because we're about to say, well, we are the same age, aren't we? Um, getting the bus to down to Wembley yeah. when he was like late teens, early twenties, you, you wanted, you must have wanted to play in a Challenge Cup final at Wembley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, like again, it's went watching as a kid in like, like say, when like your teenage years, you jumped on bus with your mates and you, yeah. you, you went down them. Oh, I was a sunny day at Wembley, and it, fantastic. And I thought, <laughs> what, a, what, how good would it be to play there one day? You know, I, mean, I always remember going. You should go on fields with the mates playing rugby, and like you used to always say, Ah, oh, the Challenge Cup final, you're on, you know, you're scoring your tries on yeah. field playing rugby. It was always Challenge Cup, <laughs> wasn't it? And so, when we 2009, again, we, we had a difficult start to that year at 2009 at Warrington, but Tony Smith come in and <clears throat> just really turned us round. And we got to, we got the chance, you know, we got the Wembley appearance at 09. And I'll be honest with you, I just remember that day that I remember looking in the tunnel and I saw the, what, the other field players all lined up and they were trying to be like, um, like bopping away, cool. Yeah, we're all right yeah. here. And I thought, you know what? You ain't gonna win this today. Honestly, <laughs> I remember it. I remember it so clearly. We were right. lined up, focused. They were like, well, they were trying to play it down because they were nervous or what. And I thought, we beat them here already in the tunnel. We got them. Yeah. I'm telling you. And you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I never thought for one minute that we'd lose that foul on the game. And just so the feeling, the feeling that you had in the tunnel. Just the yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, intuition. I remember this. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I know I, I always like looking across me at the tunnel, just at the opposition, quick look across, and they were like rocking their heads. A couple of even just pretending they got music on, like yeah, I'm good here. And I thought, nah, you've not, you're not, you're not. I don't think you're going to realise what's going to wait you. And when they walked out, boom, the 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 roar. Because Warrington had not been to a final for thirty odd years or whatever, so long nice. for Warrington players and uh, fans and you know the town. Yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable, and to get the win, oh god, it was. Um, but again, that first win, it just gave you that hunger to, you want to win more then. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's the thing as a sports person as well. 
maybe not every person, you know, I think some people they might be happy with just winning one, you know, whatever, but um, for, for, certainly for me it was like, you get a taste of them games like that, you, you, you want to be involved in more. I think that's the case for any any professional sports person in like the 1% of the, the sports, you want to win more, don't you? You're not happy with just with one. You, you want to win no, more. No, and again, the year after we got the Challenge Cup and we, I think we got to the semis again and we just had that feeling again that we're here again. And for me, you know, special teams can go back to back and win things. You know, I think that's what makes a special team and for us to, you know, to win. And it was interesting. I think it was it might have been Lee Brears and um, maybe Tony Smith. He said, "What? He said we're not going. We're not going to Wembley again, retaining our trophies. We're going there to win it again. You know, like only just a subtle change. That, yeah, you know different, I mean? men, different mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not defending our trophy here." We're going there to win that trophy again, and I just thought, to me, that's a, a bit of it's a, a change. Little switch, though. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Whether it whether it works or not, but I think for us, you know, we're, we're going there to win it again. We're not defending it, and I thought, yeah. what, a, what a that was massive for us, and you know, I think we, we got there again in 2010, the year after, and we put a quality lead side absolutely to the sword. You know, it should have been. I think we should have nilled them to be honest at Wembley. So dominant, thirty odd six we beat them. It was. Um, and on another special day. Yeah. So there were the there were the victories at Warrington as well. You had some um, losses in the in the Super League final, losing the final a, a couple of times, if I'm right. Yeah. How do you how do you deal as an individual with loss? Do you do you dwell on it? Do you as soon as you've finished it, throw it away and move on? Or well, I say again, it was my first, 2012 was our first grand final. And we had played Leeds, <coughs> and. Um, we beat Leeds at Wembley that year in the Challenge Cup 2012 as well. So we were going for a double, you know, special. Yeah. Again, you know, a brilliant year. Probably one of the best teams I've been involved with. And um, again, we, I don't know, we, we come out the blocks and we were flying again. And then Leeds being Leeds, to, again, Leeds, I, I, I tip my hat off to Leeds at Grand Finals. They, they, they find a way to win it. It's, it's mad until you, until you play against it and realise it. You, you could just see the wave coming, the momentum changing. It was like, Wow, they've got they're on the front footy, and we, we just couldn't we couldn't yeah. get it back. It were. Can you put your <clears> finger <throat> on what that what that change is? What what it is that happens? I, maybe that first year it could have been more us as a team that like maybe a bit like rabbits in headlights when we got into a lead and thought we'd be all right, and then we couldn't deal with the you know try to the arm wrestle back into our favour. It were mm-hmm. whether it was the pressure of the first grand final for Warrington, and I remember that when we. When the whistle went, I were I dropped to my knees that day. I was in tears because it's it'd been ten oh two thousand it'd been ten years since I'd been at a grand final and I just wanted it so bad and yeah. not to get it. Were like it was so deflating for me. I remember I couldn't hold my emotions in. It was um <clears throat> it was a tough time that it was a tough time and I was flat I was flat for weeks after that. I'll be honest, I, it, I struggled to come over that one for a long time. Right. And probably only till we went back pre-season and all the lads were, were training again that kind of your focus switched again now, you know, to pre-season and back in. It was um, that was a tough time, that. Yeah. It was tough, um, you know, because I think the desperation, the, the desire to get there for so long and again, all that, that's the, that's, the, that's the massive part of sport for me, the flip side, that all that year's hard work and Leeds have got that grand final glory. We've yeah. worked hard all year, been one of the best teams in that last final game with, it almost felt like all that hard work for nothing. You've, you know, but yeah. it's not for nothing. You know, you'd sooner for me. For me, I'd uh, I'd sooner lose in a final than, than not get to a final. And some yeah. people are like, well, I'd sooner lose it semi and not play there. But 
no, nah, you're just going to get to that final and experience it. But at the time, it was like all that hard work all year like for nothing. But it weren't for nothing because it kind of, you don't realise it, it spurs on for the year after. And, you know, we, we got there again the year after. Yeah, exactly. When we spoke about experience before, you, it just builds that experience, doesn't it? So when you're in, when you're in them kind of games again, you draw back on the previous experience that you've gained from that from that time, don't you? Yeah, and to be honest with you, again, 2013, the year after the grand final, was a bit of deja vu. We played Wigan, but I feel the circumstances were different against Wigan. We had some tough luck. We had two or three real, real bad injuries that meant that like, we had to shuffle a team around. We lost our winger. We lost right. our fullback. I think if you're in the grand final against a, a good, young, strong, fit Wigan team, if you're losing two or three key players in key moments of a game, it, you know, it's, it's a difficult task. And you're asking them players that were like out of position to play long minutes right. and they're not used to it. So it, 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 it didn't feel as I weren't as gutted as the, the year before. Don't get me wrong, I was still like, bro, that we didn't win, but like it were, I kind of knew that circumstances were different. And to be honest with you, we were winning, we were winning, I think we were winning 16 14 6 or 16 6 at half time. And it honestly, we put, I thought it worked fair off our perfect first half of rugby against Wigan in the final, but the injuries in the second half and stuff that, you know, again, you could see the momentum change, but I thought, I knew that we couldn't, we couldn't do anything about this now. It was, yeah. it was, it was too much. The ball were rolling and Wigan had the, the foot on the pedal and it were, you could find it, you kind of sense it because against Leeds the year before, we still had, we still had a good opportunity that we could have won it, but we, but we knew that we kind of, the game had gone with 15, 20 going, it's, it's yeah. tough that when you know you kind of you're not going to win it, but um, yeah, yeah. It's again, it was one of them. It's, it's a learning curve and it's an experience. Yeah, of course. So then, from Warrington, you got the chance to move back to your hometown team again, the original team. What was it like going back to Lee, where it all started? Yeah, it was a bit. It was a. It was a bit surreal, really. It was kind of. It's always something I kind of spoke about. I said, you know, I would like to go back to Lee and you know finish there. Not not to a point where I just go and pick up a pair packet and toss it off, do you know what I mean? And yeah. being like, injured for long periods and... We'll still be competitive, you want it to yeah, still Yeah, yeah, we'll play a good part. And again, 2015, probably played three or four, oh, I don't know, I can't think how many games at Warrington and, and, and I'd heard Lee that had some interest because they needed a, you know, they needed a nine, they were, you know, with aspirations to, they were looking to go up that year and stuff and, yeah, I got wind of it and, um, it was a difficult decision, to be honest, because I still, you know, I had the year left at Warrington yeah. and it was, um, it was a tough decision. But, you know, I felt it was the one that I had to make and um, it, was, it was quite sad, really, how I finished off at Warrington, especially under Tony Smith. We ended up falling out over it, to be honest. And, All right. Yeah, and, you know, I say a lot to Tony in that now, but it's, it's definitely not the same as it was under Tony. And um, quite sad, really. It, it was emotional and... But I just said to Tony, it's something I feel like I need to do. And he's like, he said, I understand it. I understand completely what you're saying. You're a lead lad and all that. He said, but you contracted to the, to the end of this season. And I'm like, well, you know, Tony, I've got potentially, if I don't, if I don't make the move, I'm not going to get the contract and the deal. And, you know, what kind of what not a lot of people know is that, like, it was unbeknown to me as well that I weren't going to get a, con a new contract at Warrington that year because they'd, they'd gone up to the salary cap with the new signings they brought in. You know, and I had to get told that off another player. Right. And what was disappointing on my part is that, you know, Tony Smith didn't say that to me and kind of made me out be the bad guy a little bit, which I can understand because I suppose you've got a contract to, to fulfil, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of 
and he, I think he was disappointed in that respect. But then on the other side, I managed to play another three and a half, four seasons after that were, yeah. he was probably expecting me to retire at Warrington. So it was a, it was a massive call and I got upset at times and, but I did some things that probably I didn't want to do as a, as a player, kind of stand my ground and stuff. And was wasn't me to be honest, but right. I had to do it to get the move to come through and, you know, I think Tony at the time was resigned to the fact that he knew I wanted to go. My head weren't there anymore, and and it wasn't it wasn't like me. But yeah. you know, I, sometimes you've got to do some things that you again you go outside your comfort zone. And yeah, parted on bad terms with Tony. It's and it's 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 a shame really because you know I think a lot of Tony and yeah, hopefully we can. Or we could sit down one day and have a chat about it and over a drink or something. And, and yeah, you know, and you feel like you did the right thing for you at the end of the day. Yeah, I did the right thing for me and my family and stuff as well. I said that to Tony. I said, you know, it changes when you're a, you've got family and stuff, and it was the right thing for me. And you know, I'm, <clears throat> what you know, fifteen, five and a half years later, I'm still working at Lee, and you know, it, so it's it, it was the right move. Yeah, yeah. So um, at this point, Lee, we're in the, the first division. Is that? Yeah, yeah. So the, the championship underneath the Super League game, we were, they were flying high. You know, they've been top team for a few years. We were probably untouchable in that league, and yeah. I was coming to a team that were full of confidence. We were playing well. They had some good. They had a, a fairy tale challenge cut run right to that. You couldn't write it. I, um, yeah. I signed for Lee. I signed for Lee the week the um, <laughs> Lee were playing Wakefield in the Challenge Cup, and. Um, <clears throat> They, they had a, stern, a brilliant comeback against Wakefield away. They, they won the second half for like 30 points and ended up winning. And they did the, they did the quarter-final draw live on telly. And I remember being at our house. I was doing some painting in the house. <laughs> and the wife came watching. I said, just let us know who we get in next round. And for some reason, I just knew we'd get Warrington. And yeah. my, my missus was sat there. My mum was there as well. I'm just painting the door. And the next minute, I heard these two women scream. And I went, honestly, I dropped the paintbrush. I thought, <laughs> I went, We've got Warrington. She went, we've got Warrington away. I was like, oh my God, you can't write. <laughs> I'd just left three, two weeks ago. I didn't yeah. go back to Warrington. And I couldn't play though. Warrington put a, a clause in that if we got them in the cup, I couldn't play against them. And I'll tell you what, they were brilliant oh, league against Warrington that day. Honestly, they give them a right close game. And um, yeah. I wish I'd have played now, but it was, got it was nerve wracking going back. And to be fair, I got a decent reception because I think a lot of a lot of the fans realised what, again, the, the effort the effort I put in there. And, yeah. You know, the, Pretty, I'm a, you know, I'm a nice lad, and they realise I'm not a, I weren't an idiot that just kind of tossed it off. So yeah, got a decent yeah. reception, and it was, um, it was kind of get, to, just glad to go back and get a bit of a closure there, really, you know, like yeah, say goodbye. Was, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, we had a good run there, and then we got into the playoffs. They changed the playoff system, the middle eights, and we were confident going to that. You know, we had against a couple of two play teams that were struggling at the time, but yeah. we just we got we got found out a little bit. To be honest, we didn't have nice. that quality to real push on and, and do a yeah. job of it. And it was disappointing into a year, really. I thought, I, you know, it kind of, my aspirations to come back and get into Super League League had gone. But, you know, it, it, it hadn't, I'd not given up hope because I thought we were assembling a good squad for the year after. So we're going to say, did that, did that just spur you on even more for the year after? Was that the year after when you got promoted? Yeah, yeah, the year after. So we had that, pre, we had that pre-season at Lee and that's when I got the captaincy, you know, rules. Yeah. Paul gave me the captaincy and, that, and uh, you know, I I remember um, we were training Lanzarote on a warm weather camp and he, he pulled me to one side and said, um, he said, hey, he said hey, would you, how would you feel about um, captain your own time club? And I went, 
I'm like, I'm like, oh wow, I can't filled up on training camp. I, I had to go to one side rolls because he's, he said, listen, I've done it myself, mate. So you know, I know, I said, you know, I know you're feeling. Yeah, so like the emotion there, like we're filling up and it, it were unbelievable. So um, <laughs> yeah, he gave me the captaincy at Lee and um, it really, again, that spurred me on now to be even, you know, get get this team where we, where we should be and we yeah. end up having a fantastic season. So how did that feeling to captaining your local home hometown side to Super League? Yeah, unbelievable. I said just being a captain of Lee was fantastic, but like to captain is in the middle eight to them, to them fantastic playoff results and only losing one game all season. Yeah. It was, it's up there, you know, with any other honours for me, you know, being captain your own time club, you know, into Super League, it's, it ranks high up there with everything, you know, your internationals yeah. and your cups and it was a fantastic year. One of, you know, one of the best years of, of my career was fantastic. Right. So that brings us to sort of present day, more or less. What does, what does the, uh, the future hold for Mickey then? What things have you got in the pipeline? I know you're, currently uh, coaching at Lee, but is there any sort of thing you want to look to do in the future? Try your own that? Well, or? Yeah, um, obviously, obviously, when you start getting a little bit on in years at rugby, you've got to look at things, you know, after rugby. So I've opened, I opened the gym and, you know, I've got my gym in Lee and yeah. that's been just quietly building over the last few years. And, you know, it's something I think certainly if we'll be coaching at rugby now, if, if the rugby doesn't take off, I'm, I'd look to certainly try and push the gym because I've, I feel like I've got something good there, you know. Again, I'd like to think things I things I set myself on, like hard work and you know being a likable fella and yeah. you know, your standards. I've tried to push that into the gym side, and you know the people who come to the gym that you know they they, they do sing the praise and they love it there. So that's something I I could look into building if I wanted to, and probably take it on full time and you mm-hmm. know do more with the gym because I feel like yeah. it's a real community gym as well. You know, I have rugby teams coming in. You know, I have like. Um, other people coming in like and using the space, you know, and stuff like yourself, you know, when you're setting up with your, with your jiu-jitsu, you know, I know it were, it's a shame we couldn't kind of keep it on. It would just it just work quite right, but it was a good starting point for you. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate because I wouldn't have been able to 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 have like the sort of memberships that I've got now and the following that I've got now if it wasn't for you. Yeah, as user, yeah and I guess that's, that's, you know, that's me wanting to do something for you, mate. You know, we're nothing about making money off you or anything like that, you know, yeah. I'm not really about that at all. It was something like a nice, a good fella, you know, looking to set himself, you know, do something as well. So, yeah, like, no, you know, I appreciate that. We've got, a, we've got a picture of you on the wall that we bow to at the end of every class. So. <laughs> well, I, I like it how you used to bow behind me, me, me yeah. <laughs> It was um, a nice little plug for me, that, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> things like that, you know, I've got the gym, but I have got aspirations to certainly coaching you know I'm at the strength and conditioning side at the moment like I said I've always had a keen interest in yeah fitness side of training and the weights and that so I'm going to give that a good go but I have I have spoke to Duffs as well I, you know I would like to dip my toe in on the coaching side as well because I I'd hate, I'd hate to go through life and, and I've not experienced you know I've had a chance on the coaching stuff I'd, I'd regret that you know it might not yeah. be for me but certainly there you know there's some options there that's hopefully I can yeah. build on a few definitely so um I appreciate your time, mate, and thanks for chatting to us. Just before we finish off, have you got any? Um, there might be some young, young lads, young girls listening to this. Um, massive fans of yours. Five hundred career appearances, achieved everything that you've achieved during your career. What advice can you give to any any youngsters wanting to either pursue a career in rugby or pursue a career in anything? Really, what advice have you got for them? Yeah, just just a few things to me that I was kind of kind of went off. Certainly, when I got this opportunity to. 
to play professionally, you know, do something you love. Just don't 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 take things for granted. You know, make sure you you challenge yourself every day, work hard. You know, you you got to work in anything in life. If you want to be successful, you got to work hard. But on the flip side, try and do it with a smile on your face. You know, enjoy it as well. Don't get to a point where you're working too hard, where you don't enjoy something anymore. So for me, it's getting that balance of really working hard but enjoying it. And I said, don't take it for granted, and you know, like love every minute of it. And you know, I think I think you can't go far far wrong with you know a few of them things. And I said, not nothing beats hard work for me, Dave. Exactly, mate. And I, uh, what is it? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there is there is a saying along the lines, and I think it's it, it just sums everything up in that one in that one phrase. There. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. fantastic, mate. Um, again, I, pre- I think we've just done over an hour there and I appreciate you giving your time up. I know we've all got time on our hands, but to sit and chat to me, I, I appreciate it. No, yeah, no, really enjoyed it. Again, it's, you don't realise when you get into chatting, time goes quick, doesn't it? It's, it's brilliant. I enjoyed it. You know, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, mate. No worries. And I'll be, uh, I'll be subscribing to the, uh, the Mickey and Woody show as well. That was good. That. I enjoyed that uh, Lee Breers and Paul Wellens episode. It yeah, we, we, yeah, it was. Again, it's a nice insight, isn't it? We, we said we're trying to make it similar like to this, just nice and relaxed. Yeah, bring, bring a couple of th- you know a couple of topics up, but then like kind of elaborate on that and go off on it a bit and have a good chat. And I think yeah. that's you know what's funny. I was thinking about it the other, the other weekend. I'm a, I'm a big like boxing and MMA fan, and what what boxing and MMA does really well to get a following is the 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 show the. The, the boxers backstories so people can relate to them and then you 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 feel like you've got an interest like a vested interest in these boxers and these MMA stars so when you yeah. watch them you know where they've come from like um, for example uh, Anthony Carolla Jamie Moore you know the backstories you know what's happened to them whereas rugby league and rugby in general I don't think offers that insight into the players backgrounds and stuff whereas the show what you did uh, like with Libriers Paul Wellens and, and Woody and that really shows the the human side of the players, yeah. So people can start relating to them more, and then you might get people that, going. That, I'm going to go and watch watch rugby this weekend, all because yeah. I know that player. Yeah, that's exactly what we try to get because you know every 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 interview, it's like who's toughest player against played against. You know who's your best team. You know it's like yeah. You kind of for me, I I don't want to I don't want to keep saying that every every interview and stuff. I feel like today just a good chat about like little things like when we went off and. Yeah, like leadership qualities and that, you know, like what, you know, what makes, what makes Lee Brees tick, what makes Dave Drury tick, you know, like just things like that. And like, you know, what, away from here and, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, I think that's where you kind of, people have a real interest in that. It's like, it's no disrespect, you, people have heard the toughest player before and all that, you know, it's, uh-huh. I just think it's nice, even, we're, we're trying to get like different sports as well. So we're trying to get like a boxer on or football or golf or anything, just, yeah. There's quite a lot. You don't realise there's quite a lot of sports there. They're into the rugby league as well. So oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Touch on that, but then have a touch on like you know what what makes them tick, and it's not it's probably nice for us as well as we from a different background as well. You know what makes yeah. you know what focuses a golfer. You know because we could probably take some stuff away from them as well. Yeah, so, and it'll be. I think it'd be interesting to see how much you've actually got in common as well at the, at yeah. the high levels of sport. Mm. Even though it is completely different golf compared to rugby, there'll be a lot of uh, traits and. Um, similarities, yeah. similarities, yeah, that you'll have. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, I just it's... thought it was a good, good handle coming from that to 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 learn the human side of the athletes and yeah. Well, that, yeah. again, I think like I don't know a lot of people they, they think you're robots, don't they? Like you're a rugby yeah. player, you know, you you've no you've no feelings. You you've been 
you've been brought up like on a rugby field doing them, but you know that rugby field was just me with the ball, me I'm kicking it with my mate, practicing every. You know, like Brazy said, like you sneak onto De La Salle Field and you know, yeah. like you know, <laughs> over gardens with the ball. And, you know, it's like it's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? That you know, yeah. that, well, you know, so hopefully we can get a few more on and so hopefully go all right. Yeah, so to me, well, I'll be keeping, I'll be keeping uh, up with it anyway. I've subscribed to it, so I'll, uh, I'll share it around and that. Really, my little, little following anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. I'll, I'll get on to this as well. You know, it's nice to. Who've, who've, who've you had on previous to this? Who've you? Um. I had uh, a few lads who I used to work with, starting it off when I used to be in the, the MOD police with them. They lived down so south. That, I've had. Um, I've had Jim in St Alan's Air Dock. Right. I've had Jamie. Jamie Acton's been on. Oh, Jamie been on. I was. I was Jamie. He's all right. He, he was talking about his uh, his sort of mental health stuff when he finished playing rugby and stuff like that. Like, uh, um, I've got. I don't know if you know Charlie Bowling, British wrestler. Yeah, I've been him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won bronze in the Commonwealth in yeah, yeah, he did. He's, he's going to be. His was recorded last week, so that goes out tomorrow. Right. Um, himself. There's um, I've got a, a fella called Keith Mayer coming on. Next week, who's um, Liverpool Academy under 16s coach? All right, good. So, yeah. just trying to get interesting people to, like you said, talk about the the backgrounds and that, but the human elements as well, what they've been yeah. through, what their thoughts were, and stuff like that. Brilliant, good. Yeah, but Sal, mate, anyway, thanks very much. No, cheers, yeah, enjoy that, mate. Thanks for having me on, brilliant. Yeah, no, it's interesting, mate. Thanks a lot, anyway. All right, I'll see you soon, mate. Anyway, take yeah, it easy. Yeah, stay safe, mate. I'll see you soon. All right, you too. Take care, bye-bye. Cheers.